0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Mark Sports Talk. I'm your host, Mark Dagenhart, and we discuss Razorbacks athletics and SEC athletics. And if there's time, we'll go across the rest of the country. But to recap, Ole Miss, what a finish. I mean, classic shootout, no defense, 52-51. I mean, KJ Jefferson basically just outshined the Heisman candidate and Matt Corral. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had a great game. I don't need to sing his praises. Uh, The commentators on the TV did that, you know, for well enough for, you know, plenty of people. But, oh, my goodness. Lots of, lots of, uh, lots of blown coverages. It completely just inept. It was just Arkansas is going backwards on defense. They're not doing uh, what they need to do. And I think they're losing a little bit of credibility as far as the defensive side of the ball. But their offense is carrying them. And uh, in the latest AP poll, after the Ole Miss loss, Arkansas is still in the top 20. They're ranked in 17th. Ole Miss moves from 19th up to 13th. They basically flop spots. But in the same weekend, Alabama goes down to, Tex- uh, to Texas A&M by a field goal. So... Forty-one thirty-eight, Jimbo Fisher, first assistant uh, for Nick Saban to defeat Nick Saban. And he didn't make a big deal out of it. I, I can appreciate that. I wouldn't have made a big deal out of it. It's not really a big deal. It may be a long time, but if you think about it, Jimbo Fisher's probably one of the first assistants Nick Saban had that actually went and got a, a, a head coaching job somewhere. And not to mention, he's one of the few that was an assistant under Nick Saban that has actually won a national championship. And uh, he did so at Florida State. And, you know, the guy has is, uh, is been a, a, a tenured head coach at Power 5 levels uh, in two different com- major programs in Florida State and Texas A&M. He can recruit. He can develop the guy. Has nothing to prove by defeating Nick Saban, and uh, I think uh, I think that says a lot. But I mean, he sa- he did say he respected Nick Saban and and considered him a friend, and uh, you know that they've come from the same area, and uh, you know yada yada yada. Impressive, impressive game. Uh, was not too impressed with uh, Zach Calzada throughout the season. Obviously, Arkansas got the win, and he did not fare too well in that game and uh he really he really saved Texas a and season and uh and he saved himself. Well, honestly, he's he's kind of going to be remembered and on the right track and honestly after it was announced that Haynes King's going to be out for the rest of the season with that broken ankle, broken leg area, lower leg um now this gives Zach Calzada even more confidence and the guy uh, potentially flourishes and uh, watch out for Texas A&M. Unfortunately, they have those two conference losses, um, and unfortunately for them, positively for Arkansas, and they defeated them. Um, You would have loved for Arkansas strength of schedule for Texas A&M not to uh, lose to Mississippi State. And then, uh, you know, at that point, they would be this massive tie in the division, uh, of, in the Western Division of the SEC. Uh, now as it stands, because of the loss to Texas A&M, and because Texas A&M has two losses, Alabama is still in the driver's seat. All they have to do is win out this game and uh, and the, win out the season, and, and they are, you know, in the SEC Championship. And, uh, you know... I don't know where, where what happens there. So if, if Georgia wins out and goes to the SEC championship and, and you know, beats Alabama, does Alabama go into the college football playoff with two losses? That's This is a very interesting season because it is still four teams in this college football playoff and the expansion talk and the conference realignment talk. So to see the parity throughout the college football landscape is very interesting. It's very exciting. This has been a great season thus far, and we're halfway through it. And, uh, I I struggle to think that they would take a two-loss Alabama, um, especially the, um, the time of the loss, you know, the, the frequency. I mean, the most recent loss in the SEC championship game, um, so that's something to pay attention to is is how well does Alabama you know control their own destiny because essentially Georgia controls its own destiny and it's got to go through the SEC Championship game to get to the National Championship game in the College Football Playoff and uh with all that said <sighs> Alabama looked mortal they looked like teams could push them around at least offensively and that they had some areas of weakness on the the defense, and you've seen that already with with, uh, Florida pushing Alabama and giving them all the fight that they could handle. With Ole Miss, you know, Ole Miss shot themselves in the foot when they played Alabama. Lane Kiffin was aggressive and went for it on fourth down so many times. And you think if you went for it every time you were in field goal range and, and, you know, you instead of going for it, you kicked a field goal, would you, you know, how how far would the gap be? Or would you even even come close to winning potentially? So uh, I get the analytics part of it as far as if you're a person that just, if you're a coach that's just going to go based on analytics, whatever the analytics says you do, um, or if you're going to go based on feel or what, I'd... I don't like it. I don't I mean I don't like it until it's necessary. And um and he Lane Kiffin being the head coach at Ole Miss, he did it again versus Arkansas, going for it on fourth down every time and that's what kinda kept the game seem seeming like there was no end. Like it was just offensive possession after offensive possession. Scoring and scoring and scoring. Arkansas literally scored on the last play of the game and then went for two. They could have kicked the extra point. I get that there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, people criticism out there about whether they should have went for it, but honestly, if you look at the 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 offenses and how they were performing going the length of the field essentially, how how long would it have went uh, in overtime before you would have eventually had to go for two anyways. I mean, You only get one overtime now, and then in the second, you have to go for two immediately. So there's no like you get one overtime where you can kick extra points, and then you're going to uh, kick and two, uh, going for two anyway. So I mean, it's been a long game. Um, Try to win it if you could. If you got that, no one questions it, and you're and you're and you're five and one. As it stands right now, you're four and two you've had two straight 11am games you're heading to your third against auburn and you are still ranked you're ranked 17th so so nationally still getting a little bit of respect but i do question the amount of 11am kickoffs i mean at the time you had a top 10 matchup in number 8 arkansas and number 2 georgia on the road, I mean, yeah, you got college game day there, but it started right after college game day. I mean, it just ended and went straight into it. Um, I don't know. I'm not not a big fan of 11 a.m. games. I guess if it's away, it doesn't really matter for Arkansas as far as recruiting. That's one of the main factors as far as, you know, a university's stance on it as far as why they don't like 11 a.m. games because it's harder to recruit. A lot of the guys play the night before and sometimes they're playing an away game and they don't get home till late and it's just a hassle to try to get up and drive or fly somewhere um you know when you're playing at 11 o'clock so you got to get there you got to you know get through the traffic get to the stadium and you know yeah, all, all of this to go through and it just makes for a difficult experience so i mean i guess arkansas hasn't had to worry about it since these games have been on the road But Auburn comes in after losing to Georgia. Georgia now is the clear number one team in the nation. Uh, Iowa defeated, uh, previously undefeated Penn State. And that was a top ten matchup that has uh, prompted Iowa to be undefeated and up to number two in the nation. Oh man, this is... This is a wild year. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Iowa. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how the, the Big Ten's going to finish. There are a lot, of, uh, a lot of players in that race. And, you know, Ohio State lost a game to Oregon, but that wasn't a conference game. So they're still in the thick of this conference race. They could, uh, you know, still play into the uh, Big Ten uh conference championship game and if they're able to do that and win out basically that first loss in the in like uh, week one week two you know isn't that big a deal as you've recouped your season and won out um so oh auburn comes in you got the revenge game and i I don't know how much that's going to be a factor. In the press conference, when Coach Pittman was asked about the revenge game factor, he said he was going to push the undefeated factor. How, at this point, in Donald W. Reynolds Racerback Stadium, home uh, home stadium in Fayetteville, uh, they are undefeated, and he thought that it would be more impressive and something that you could fight for uh, easier as a team, as a, as a young person uh to be undefeated at home to to protect your home field to you know we must protect this house you know old school commercial uh but uh, that's what he's person uh you know some of the guys that were on this team this team last year like a joe fouché like a grant morgan are going to be heavy on the revenge factor All right, so revenge game or not, this is Arkansas's first trip home in four weeks. It's Arkansas's first opponent that is not ranked in the top twenty-five. Although that does not matter, as Auburn is, you know, Auburn is, you know, played teams tough. I mean, how good is Penn State? Auburn, you know, fought very mightily in that game, but uh, came up short. Uh, They had some miracle plays against LSU to pull that one out. Uh, And then the following week, Kentucky defeated LSU, so it's diminishing the victory there. LSU looks like they're, you know, not doing too too hot. I don't want to say in any certain, you know, direction that they're going or that they're in dismay or disarray. But, I mean, they're not this just shining star of light, this beacon of hope that is going to get better because it does not appear to get be getting better and kentucky in the east is undefeated and oh boy they're the they're the only competition for georgia as far as you know any uh you know competition in in conference play in the divisional play um kentucky has defeated everybody that they've played to this point and I look forward to the matchup when they play Georgia. I believe that's uh, in uh, a week, a week after this upcoming Auburn game. So that'll be potentially a top 10 matchup, depending on uh, how Kentucky does affairs in between now and then. So that should be an interesting matchup to see uh, the location for the game. I haven't looked to see where the game's at and, uh, you know, what time, and um, just uh, be interesting to watch that game because uh, Kentucky's look pretty pretty impressive. Uh, they somehow continue to win while continuing to turn the football over. Uh, they struggled to run consistently, but they seem to have found the running game. And, you know, Will Levis having his, you know, his primary weapon in Wondell Robinson, you know, he's, he's making plays, and, and Will Levis... Is at least, at least giving them an option at quarterback and, and some sort of semblance of a passing game, although, you know it, he is pretty consistent at at what he's doing and what he's doing is is a little inconsistent, but he is uh, he's he's winning games and he's doing what you need to do uh, on offense. Maybe not taking care of the football as well as you want or being as efficient as you'd like, but uh he's given Kentucky an element at quarterback that they have not had and and to this point they have needed and it has shown and uh, has helped Kentucky get to this point in the season undefeated and uh, a lot of things going on in the SEC, a lot of uh, a lot of goings on uh, Oklahoma and Texas had a great red river red river shootout Oklahoma coming all the way back and defeating uh Texas uh, with drama pulling the quarterback, and uh, you know putting in the, the freshman backup like the fans were chanting for, pulling the backup and putting Spencer Rattler in for the two point uh, attempt, and uh, you know succeeding in all aspects, winning the Red River Shootout, and essentially claiming their rightful place in uh, winning the Big 12 Championship. Um, they will still have a conference championship game, but at this point, it looks to be all Oklahoma in the big 12, uh, you know, watch out for Oklahoma state when you get, when you know, when Bedlam comes calling, uh, but at that point until, until that point comes, uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of other teams challenging Oklahoma, but Oklahoma has looked very weak, very wobbly. Like, they are undefeated, and as long as they keep winning, they will have an easy slot to fill in the college football playoff. But they look like they're on stilts, and they are just, you know, hanging on for dear life. Their defense is, you know, I, I haven't seen it. It's not there. I mean, it shows up in certain moments, but then it's gone. And the running game is, is it's it's very similar. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And when it's there, oh boy, it is on like gangbusters. But when it is not there, I mean, all the pressure is on Spencer Radler and the quarterback, and, you know, even if they pull Spencer and put uh, Caleb Williams in, the true freshman, I mean, then there's even more pressure on this young man. And, oh, just the amount of pressure being an Oklahoma quarterback anyways. I mean, hey follow up being the number 1 draft pick and Heisman quarterback like 2 years in a row at Oklahoma. <laughs> follow up having just, you know, a great quarterback after great quarterback after great quarterback there. I mean, I would assume there's a lot of pressure there. You you have a lot of pressure to win just in general. So, uh very impressive win, but and and I'm impressed with Oklahoma's ability to gut out performances and get wins they definitely know how to win and that's going to be key for them throughout the season as far as staying in games this season and uh you know finding ways to uh pull it out in the end and and uh and get a victory so you know oklahoma's not the the polished finished product that you want them to be at this point based on you know their experience uh with Lincoln Riley uh the team that they that they have and you know their previous years of success in the conference you would like for them to be a little bit further along and a little bit more consistent and uh you know impactful on defense especially and uh I don't know I mean we'll see how the rest of the season goes for the future SEC opponents in Oklahoma and Texas and that's all as far as you know. I want to discuss on SEC news, going to the upcoming games in a little bit. So, Auburn's quarterback Bo Nix has been very, very creative. He's been almost Johnny Manziel esque in uh, in the game against uh, LSU and his ability to just keep plays alive. And when Coach Pittman was asked about Bo Nix in a press conference, he said that very thing. Is that in order to prepare for Bo Nix, it's going to be a lot of scramble drills to basically track down the quarterback. <clears throat> you know, get get him to where you can you can easily maintain him and and confine him and control him. And it's going to be key to do that throughout the whole game and. uh Tank Bigsby and crew in in the backfield, uh, Tank Tank and, uh, and Bo Nix, respectively. Probably one of the, you know, quarterback running back duos. Probably one of the best ones in the SEC. Probably one of the best ones that Arkansas has faced to this point. And Tank Tank Bigsby, I mean, he's a big, he's a good, tw- he's a good running back. He's big. He's physical. He can uh, he can run and. Um, I look for him to be uh, an integral part of their offense. And uh, basically, you know, you, you could almost compare Bo Nix to Matt Corral, except for not anywhere in the same league as far as passing. <clears throat> Bo Nix uh, is very creative, and that creates problems when uh, routes, routes break down. Uh, coverages break down you know uh, defenders focus on the ball and who has the ball and where the play is going instead of uh, their their man coverage or their man responsibility and uh, their zone coverage and just a lot of things go into it and and it gets it gets uh it gets problematic as uh, LSU give you gives you plenty of examples in that game how Albonics can uh can create problems for defenses. And Coach Pittman basically said things are gonna get changed up on defense. They're gonna he said uh specifically he said he and Coach uh, Barry Odom believe that they have the bodies and the talent to <coughs> pardon me, to rotate in a four-man rotation defensive line. So so they're gonna change some things up instead of just dropping three. But, or instead of just bringing three and dropping eight, um, I envision them running a four-two-five for a lot of situations. Uh, maybe, maybe a a, a nickel formation. Uh, but uh, the things things have got to be improved. Um, he said, uh, no matter the time and the week, and the fact that it's right before a game, <clears throat> they've just got to practice harder and you know, prove that they know how to tackle and how to play a clean football game. Uh Arkansas really cleaned up the penalties versus Ole Miss, but they were very sloppy on defense. A lot of missed tackles, a lot of blown coverages and just wide open gaps for just huge running lanes. I mean Snoop Connor had two huge plays. Guy had only twelve carries and had like a hundred and twenty yards. Um huge, huge day for Snoop Connor. A huge day for Ole Miss as an offense, and they really exposed each team's defense got exposed in that game, but talking about Arkansas' defense, they definitely got exposed, and um, they need to adjust things quickly. They need to throw some things out that some teams haven't seen, because basically, Barry Odom showed a lot of people how to beat this spread offense if you've got the talent and you can rush 3 and drop 8 and you can have any kind of formation in in that any kind of uh variable formation in in that kind of scheme whether it's three down linemen or or two in a linebacker or whatever you whatever kind of blitz you want to bring or whatever kind of coverages you want to disguise in that formation that formation basically is the new you know staple in defensive playbooks as far as being able to stop the spread offense and you know to his credit it's worked very well to this point uh to against teams that basically haven't seen it yet or you know haven't really adopted it on their own Ole Miss uh Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin said that he had basically adopted Arkansas's defensive scheme, which was probably a huge compliment to Barry Odom at the time. And he had said that he was embarrassed by Ole performance last season. And he said this game was 12 months coming that they created plays and they haven't used them since they created them and they pulled them out in this game so there were plays and formations that no one had ever even seen they hadn't actually played them in a live game until this game it meant something to Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin and um, they I mean it showed in their fight but enough about Ole Miss we're talking about Auburn we're talking about the challenges that uh, that that's gonna produce. I mean, Auburn has a lot of talented defensive players, and uh, very impressed with KJ Jefferson. Don't think that Arkansas has anything to worry about. I think as long as you got a you know KJ Jefferson, and um, I think you got a shot, and I think you even Arkansas as a fan base, I think you got to think, I think you got to seriously consider having a shot against Alabama. I want to say again, they look mortal. They look like if you were to hit them, they're going to react to the hit. They're going to stumble a little bit because they're not just impervious to your swings now. You can uh, move the ball against Alabama. You can score on Alabama, and you can have a lead and maintain that. So I look forward to seeing the competitiveness because Arkansas plays uh, Arkansas's Alabama is the second-to-last game of the season, and um, Arkansas plays Auburn this week. It's homecoming, and then they travel to Little Rock to play in War Memorial Stadium. This was the switch where they got out of the con- the contract with Missouri, and um, Missouri's going to be played at Fayetteville, the last game of the season, and Arkansas is now going to play in-state schools, at War Memorial Stadium every year, so in in order to fulfill that contract and you know have some interstate camaraderie, they're playing UAPB in Little Rock the week after Auburn, the fourth, eleven a.m. kickoff. I can understand this one because it's UAPB and Arkansas is coming off of two straight losses, but we're still a top a top twenty SEC school. We're you know coming from like. Dismal, A dismal time in Arkansas' career, is history. From Arkansas's history as a football program, that's one of the worst 10-year stretches. Probably, I, I think I remember hearing it was the worst 10-year stretch in Arkansas football history, <clears throat> what Arkansas has just come out of. And all of that being said, the rate of progression, the success that Coach Pittman's had, and you still, you know, yeah, The first two 11 a.m. games were on, you know, top networks, ESPN and CBS. And the next two are being downgraded to SEC Network. And um, they're still 11 a.m. games. Like I said, I can get this next one because we're playing UAPB at War Memorial Stadium. Coming off of two straight losses. But I... I think Arkansas is going to win this game. I think, uh, I think there's too much new about Auburn, and there's a lot of emotional highs and swings uh, that that's been a part of their team this year. They've traveled and played a lot of top ta- top teams, and um, you know they're going to be coming to Fayetteville. Uh, Arkansas is only about 500 tickets away from it being a sellout. Coach Pittman, you know, called on the fans to uh, to be like there early and to be there loud, and uh, you know, f- uh, you know, pack the house basically. Uh, and wants to be perfect on the season uh, at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, and I think they will have a really good shot at doing that. Um, defensive improvements alone, I think Arkansas has a a crisper offense than. Auburn. I think Auburn, you know, relies heavily on what Bonix can do as far as the creation, as far as creep keeping plays alive and um, you know, benefiting from uh, the extended time on the play, the creativeness that his wide receivers have when the coverages break down and the routes are are ended, are broken off, and, and they're able to get creative and, and run to open spots and really make it easier for the quarterback. So um, the trick is to eliminate the run game and kind of make them one-dimensional so that you can attack attack them through the air. Um, but a little bit of news, Jalen Catalan's got a broke hand. He's been playing with a, a small... Uh, cast on his hand so he's not going to be as effective and uh, this apparently happened in the A&M game and he's been playing so he's played two games with a broke hand and nobody really knew that's why I don't really say anything when a player's in a slump because you just never know what's going on sometimes things get said uh, publicly sometimes things get kept uh, quiet It may be mental, it may be physical, but there's always things going on. These are young people, these are young student-athletes that are playing a lot of high-pressure, intense games. And, and, uh, excuse me, uh, in Arkansas, you know, I got got to think, after the performance that, uh, that K.J. Jefferson gave, I got to think he, you know has a lot of revenge on his mind for the uh the the loss i mean he wasn't really on the field in that game so maybe that's not necessarily a motivation to him but it, it is motivation for some of the players i would think most notably on defense uh since that play actually happened on defense and um I think just the the play of the last two weeks, I think the team has got a taste for victory. They've learned how to win, and these last two games have just gotten away from them. I mean, Arkansas was a converted two-point conversion away from being 5-1. and one. Uh, I believe if they would have won that game, they'd have been a, a top-10 ranked team, and they would be right there in 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 control of their own destiny and in a huge tie for first place in the sec west but that didn't happen it's been a wild season and you know uh they they reacted well to the play call and you know things happened but that's you know that's that's the flow of the game and uh i think you know I think things have been trending back in the right direction. And throughout the week more information will come out about the team and uh you know we'll we'll learn more about um uh we'll learn more throughout the week through press conferences and uh and updates as far as uh, information that comes out throughout the week and uh for the other team as well through for Auburn uh, some other injury news, uh, starting, uh, right tackle Dalton Wagner is going to be out for an extended amount of time, but was indetermined or inconclusive the amount of time. He just said he will be out for a while. They dislocated his finger and they were not able to, um, pop it back in. It would not go back in. So they're going to have to have surgery, um, on his finger to just to get it back inserted into its socket. And uh, he did have surgery um, on Monday, Monday morning. And uh, he'll be out a, a few weeks, I'm sure, maybe a month. So he may miss the, the rest of the season. Uh, that prompted uh, Ty Clary uh, to move over to right tackle. And they may play Brady Latham and... Ty Clary and Luke Jones at tackle, and uh, those are just uh, two for the right side, and then another one for rotation on the left with Myron Cunningham. Um, but they're developing Jalen St. John and Ty Keith Crawford at, in the guard spots. They're both big body, younger players that have a lot of upside and uh, a lot of size in the middle, and hopefully that can benefit Arkansas. Uh, long term and just give them a great foundation for uh offensive line and uh, and help them progress throughout the rest of the season offensively uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing to just watching Cam Newton I mean sorry uh, baby Cam where's that number one just goes flying through the air carries his team on his back I mean uh, cannot even blame me for that I mean that's one of the uh, his inspirations as far as players that he uh, models this game after. But K.J. Jefferson, really excited just to sit back and watch him lead this team against Auburn. And um, that's that's all I got for today's show. Uh, I'll have uh, another one a little later on in the week. But uh, if you like the show, uh, you think somebody else will like it, share the show with somebody. Uh, don't forget to like and follow the show on Twitter and Mark Sports Talk and uh, if you want to interact with the show, maybe a topic to discuss or maybe just a shout out. Uh, Talk at gmail.com. The show is available on uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, Oppo Podcast, and many more. And that's all I got. Good night, happy everything and see you later everyone.